Well, good morning. Good to be with you. How about the decorations around here, huh? I mean, there was a crew of about 10 people that came in this week, and man, I don't ever remember it being like this, you know? So uh, uh, we were doing decorations at our house uh, this week, and uh, one of our granddaughters was over, who's uh, a junior this year. They'd grow up, don't they? And uh, we pulled out the manger scene, and uh, one of the wise men somehow in transportation into the box got beheaded last year. I know, it was awful. And so we, were to, we pulled them out, and we were trying to figure out what to do with them. And I was trying to use, like, some cheaper glue to put his head back on. And it's kind of fun. I got creative. I was like, I don't know what position his head was in. I could make him turn that way for all he knows, you know. And so uh, we, I got some... Um, really good construction glue and uh, set it up and stuck his head in there it's permanent now and and the other thing is he was before he was a little bit you know arrogant in his position of his head he was kind of looking away from the baby jesus so i just pivoted his head and pivoted down like he's worshiping jesus the rest of his life huh i mean don't you wish somebody could do that for you (laughs) you know so um by the way it is good to be with you today if you are listening online it's good to see you in person today if you're here in the room. So just a little update on where I've been this last couple of weeks. Uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, I had an eye injury take place a couple of weeks ago on a Monday. Um, and um, right now we're not sure, you know, what the site will be like, if site, you know, but uh, um, this eye works. So if you're going to do something else during church, sit on this side. But, <laughs> but this one works and all the other parts work. So I'm going to go ahead and go. Is that all right? And we'll see where this takes us. So, so last week, Pastor Brian opened up this series, I'll Be Home for Christmas, by talking about presents by the tree or in the tree or around the tree, depending on who sings the song. And I love it because he talked about the wise men and he talked about the gifts. Remember, if you haven't yet, listen to the message online. But the explanation of the gifts that they brought were significant, like gold, which is a gift for the king, and, and myrrh, which had to do with a spice that they would, they would rub over the body of someone that had passed away, pointing to his death, and frankincense, just pouring to his spirit. And uh, so today, I want to focus on this part of that song, I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams, huh? And so typically... We traveled to our hometown of Endicott, New York, uh, to visit with my family somewhere in the Christmas season. Uh, but this week, this year, um, my sisters called it off. Uh, we're not going because of traveling and all that type of stuff. And so uh, that great food and room full of people and noise won't be there. Uh, we're doing gift cards, by the way, Eric. Gift cards. Okay, thanks for the other suggestions, though. Uh, but uh, we're doing gift cards. Uh, and we'll just dream about maybe reminisce about all the times that we gathered in the past. Uh, But we'll be in our own houses, and chances are we might be alone, definitely from them this year. So let me talk about loneliness just for a little bit uh, as we move into this season, because it's something that we deal with every year, right? And certainly COVID has brought along its own brand of Loneliness. I remember when this whole thing came out in March, you know, and the, the word from the government and scientists and medical people was stay home. 
You know, and so people were cut off from seeing others that were in nursing homes and some were her, who were in the hospital. And so this lonely feeling was something that was all around us. And I thought it would be so good just to talk about this a little bit today, uh, just in case uh, some of it hits you uh, this Christmas season. So the truth is this, that uh, loneliness is an equal opportunity offender, yeah? I mean, it just... It can, uh, it can affect somebody from any place, anywhere, at any time. Um, you can be rich and be lonely. Just ask Howard Hughes. Uh, you can be poor and be lonely. I love what Mother Teresa said. She said, loneliness and that feeling of being abandoned is the worst type of poverty, huh? You, you can be beautiful and be lonely. Just ask Marilyn Monroe. Now, some of you Gen Xs are going to have to Google her name to find out who she was. Uh, but you can be famous and be lonely. Ask Elvis Presley. Or you can be smart and intelligent and be lonely like Albert Einstein. And there were Bible characters that experienced loneliness at different times in their life. I was thinking about Elijah. And he got to be a part of one of the greatest displays of God's power in the whole Bible. Uh, there was a contest, winner take all, with, the, with the, the followers of Baal. And they said this, if Baal's a real God then, God, then he'll light up your altar. And if your God's a real God, then he will light up my altar. And uh, nothing happened when the Baal guys did it. And so he said to them, uh, why don't you do this? Why don't you wet down my altar? And then God called down fire from heaven, burnt the whole thing up. But two days later, you know where, you know where Elijah was? He's sitting under a juniper tree, all alone. Adam experienced it in the garden. God creates everything, right? Takes Adam, picks him up, sets him in the garden, which was the best vacation spot ever, ever created. And he's there, and God looks around and goes, ah, it's not good for him to be alone. And then he created Eve so that Adam could have a companion. Uh, I love this definition of loneliness. It's longing for companionship. And when we don't have it, we miss it in our life. And so today I want to talk about a Bible character from the New Testament who was, uh, his name was Paul. And uh, he was the guy that actually founded foreign missions. The church was just taking place in Jerusalem. And he was the one that said to the rest of the disciples, you guys take care of Jerusalem. I'll go take care of the rest of the world, huh? And he planted churches and, and he, uh, wrote half of the New Testament, but in 2 Timothy, he writes about his own loneliness, and he identifies some reasons for loneliness there. Uh, one of the common reasons for loneliness is transitions. Transitions. Uh, prison can make you feel lonely. Paul was the one running around from town to town starting churches, and now he's confined to a prison cell, and he's all alone. There are several transitions we can experience that will make us feel lonely. Uh, death of someone that we love can make us feel lonely. Loss of a marriage can make us feel lonely. Um, loss of a job can make us feel that way. Or a new job can make us feel lonely. Or a new neighborhood when we first move in and don't know anybody. Any of those things, any of those transitions can cause Loneliness. The second reason for loneliness is this, separation. Separation. So Paul is separated from some of his best friends, like Barnabas and John Mark and Timothy. And he's alone in this 
prison cell and distance can cause us to be lonely. I remember when we moved from our hometown in Endicott, New York, uh, to go to seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, and we were lonely, you know? And so I came home from, we came home from church one day and I pulled up next to a car at a red light. And when I was pulling up, I said, that car has New York plates. And so I pulled up and I went, to which the people next door, I could see the lady mumbling under her breath. There's a weirdo. <laughs> she kind of gave me a half wave and I went, roll down the window. And she kind of like rolled it like two thirds of the way down. And I said, where are you from? And she told me, and I said, I'm from such and such. I said, do you miss New York? And she said, yeah, we miss New York. I said, my wife and kids do too, but they're crouching down in the seat because they're embarrassed that I would ever think to do something like this. Loneliness can cause you to do strange things in, trans, in transition. So another reason for loneliness is this, opposition. When someone opposes us, follow as I read, ready? Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything that I said. It sounds like Alexander, who, by the way, was a leader in the church, was going behind Paul's back and undermining and backstabbing everything he was saying about Jesus. And Paul trusted him. And so when this happened and it let him down, he felt alone. The last reason for loneliness that I put up here on the board today is this, rejection. Rejection, when somebody betrays us or rejects us. This is when... And we've been there, haven't we? When we might feel that everybody at work is against us or everybody at school is against us. It happened to Paul when he was arrested uh, for sharing his faith. The scripture says this, that he got arrested the first time I was brought before the judge. No one came with me. He felt deserted because he was sharing the good news about Jesus in the court. And the rest of the disciples were home watching it on reality TV, huh? Yeah. In a quiet time this week, I started a new devotional plan, a new version of the Bible called New Day, New You. It was written by Joyce Myers. And on day five of that plan, uh, this is what she said. There is a little phrase in the Bible that I get excited about every time I read it. It's just two little words. But it's found throughout the Bible, probably one of the most powerful two-word phrases in it. And the words are simply this, but God, but God. She continues, when people said I couldn't do what I felt God wanted me to do, I was hurt and discouraged. I felt rejected, but God had called me. But God had qualified me. But God intervened when others said I was not usable. But God saw my value. But God added his part to my part. And he will do the same thing for you. So here we go. Ready? God's escape plan. If you happen to get caught in loneliness, here's an escape plan from God about loneliness. The first thing is this. Ready? Use your time well. Use your time well. In order to make the best of a bad situation when the temptation is to do nothing. So we can think of creative ways to take advantage of it. And so Paul had one. He said to Timothy this. He said, Timothy, when you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. Paul knew it's not easy to take care of yourself 
when you feel lonely and he's sitting in a dark, damp prison cell, probably shaking every night because it was cold. And so he says, Timothy, bring my coat so that when I'm in this cold, damp prison, I'll have a little bit of warmth. Uh, warmth. And he said, not only that, Timothy, but would you do me a favor? Would you bring my books so that I can grow in my faith more when I'm learning here in prison? And he said, then bring my papers. He asked for his papers, which were probably some writings that we now know as the New Testament. Who knows, maybe on those papers was the book of Romans. and Maybe on those papers was the starting of the book of Corinthians or Ephesians. And he says, so bring my papers. When we're lonely, we can ask ourselves this question. We begin to see the season of loneliness as an opportunity to make the best of it. And we ask the question, what can I now do that I can't do when there are people all around me? So I was processing what it meant for me this week to recover from an eye injury from, of all things, a bungee cord. I mean, I've used saws my whole life. Still got 10. (laughs) I've used nail guns. I used a nail gun that day, a bungee cord. Slipped off, hit me in the eye, and the jury's still out on whether or not I'll get sight back. But, you know, I, I know this, that the God I serve one day spit on some mud and rubbed it on a guy's eyes and he saw for the first time in his life so i'm just one of those people that believe by faith he could do it again amen yeah i'm trusting him for that today but i i I was i was doing this recovery thing in which i had to slow down which if you know me well enough i don't slow down easy but i got an a plus from my wife this morning for slowing down i've just been chilling you know and uh my typical routine was interrupted no physical work like building stuff. Well, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> no, no exercise, no push-ups, sit-ups, or crunches. No, uh, n- no days at the office. Not much contact with people. Initially, no driving. Although, <laughs> funny thing, when I left the eye doctor appointment or the surgeon's appointment a couple weeks ago, uh, she looked at, I asked her, I said, can I drive? And she said, yeah, you can drive. In New York State, you can drive with one eye. Well, I got a good eye. It's 2020. I said, this is my lucky day. And so my wife pulls up because she can't go in these appointments, and she unlocked the passenger door. I walked around to the driver's door. I looked at her and said, I can drive. And she said, you're not driving. (laughs) And I said, it's my eye, and it's good. I can drive. And she said, it's my car, and you're not driving. (laughs) when I made a decision of how I would use my time during this period, you know what? I can spend more time with God. You know what? I can listen to podcasts from leaders around the country that are shaping my ministry even at this point from Oklahoma or maybe from Georgia or from from Florida. You know what else I can do? I can enjoy my family and friends. I love coaching other pastors along the way that are struggling in the ministry. And I can still do that because we have this thing called Zoom in which you can see and not be in the same town. And I can make phone calls to encourage people. Remember this in loneliness. Hear me, hear me on this. If you're lonely, God has heard your cry. He's heard your cry. And he's working out a plan because loneliness can be a temporary thing so ask the question what can i do that i can't do when people are around me 
So his ex ex escape plan is use our time well, minimize the hurt. We've got to minimize the hurt. We have to resist the natural temptation to rehearse our pain over and over again because that will lead to being resentful. And if resentfulness sticks around long enough, it can lead to bitterness. Paul describes the process for him minimizing his hurt. You ready? Here it is. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everybody abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. Paraphrase. I forgive them. I let them off. And when we forgive, ironically, often the person we let off is us from carrying unforgiveness around. Despite being abandoned, he refuses to show resentment. See, one of the side effects of is, is bitterness. And if bitterness has its way, we can turn into a critic or a cynic. And no one wants to be around a critic or a cynic. Amen? Don't look at anybody right now. We have to learn how the loneliness cycle works. And so this is what God's solution for loneliness was. You ready? I, I absolutely love this verse from Psalm 68, 6. God, read it with me, would you? God sets the lonely in families. One more time. God sets the lonely in families. So God in his great design designed two families. One is the natural family that we have. Moms, dads, sisters, brothers, kids, aunts, uncles, nanas, and papas. And I was so thankful for my natural family these last two weeks because they have been around. They text, they show up, they give hugs, they love, they call, they ask how I'm doing, and I'm a blessed man because they are in my life. But sometimes in life, we get separated from our natural families by distance or broken relationships or maybe even by death. So God created another family, and I call it our spiritual family. Now, whether you're here in person for a couple of weeks or you're listening online for a couple of weeks, I just want to tell you today, this is our spiritual family. And I say, welcome to the family. Some of you may have joined us just recently, but we, we have the same father in heaven. And if I read it right in the book, it says that we are his kids. That means that we are spiritual siblings today. Amen? We are. Yeah, and so I was thinking of how cool it was that uh, this point in my life, I get to be a part of one church because you guys know my love language. And I had so much sweets these last couple of weeks. I'm not kidding. Like, not cheap stuff from Tops. This was like Des Dessert Deli and McDuffie's and Paula's Donuts. And I'm like, wow. It's part of his solution for loneliness. Anyone, and I mean this with all my heart, anyone, anytime, from any place is welcomed here, aren't they? They can be a part of our spiritual family. And this family that we're with right now, this one's going to last forever. We are going to spend eternity together. And we're going to get to be there today. And yes, I almost forgot, God's family is bigger than one church. And so I had this pastor friend um, who lives not far from here that we developed a relationship over the last couple of years. And he goes to a Lutheran church down on Main Street in Amherst. And his church is the one that sends out the daily 
the daily bread food truck. It's been here a couple times when we did invite a friend to church today. And we get to go and eat out in the church parking lot and they get a free meal. And Steve uh, has become a friend over the last couple of years. And I walk past his church when I do my walk. And I went by it the other day and there was a sign out in front that said food drive, December 6th. And Pam and I talked and we want to make a donation. So I stop on December 6th and we make a donation to this food pantry that they're supporting. And he looks at me and he said, so what's the deal with your eye? I said, well, I'll find out in the next couple of weeks. It's just going to be a slow process. I said, I got an appointment tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the morning. It was a Tuesday morning. Don't you know at 7.30 in the morning? <laughs> what happens? I get a text message from Steve saying, I'm praying for you today, brother. Brother. See, I have one brother in my natural family, but I have hundreds in my spiritual family. Yes? And it's the same for sisters today. And so uh, when we think about this, God's escape plan is this. Use your time well, minimize your hurt, and the next thing is focus on selflessness. Selflessness. Because loneliness has a way of turning, our, turning us inside. So we focus on our circumstances. We focus on ourself. We pull away from others. And if we do that long enough, now we're isolated from others. But God's plan for loneliness was for us to focus on other people. It's outward where he wants us to go. And so it's how he designed the universe. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, I've done this more than I want to admit. <laughs> you ever try to manipulate God? Oh, come on. Don't look so spiritual. And so, so I, I was, you know, this is a time for me to say, God, look, or if you're in a lonely period, God, if you take away my loneliness and provide for me, I will be a missionary in the North Pole. Look, I know four missionaries that were lonely that are in the North Pole right now. I mean, they followed through. But, but I think that Paul made up his mind before he made up his prison bed. That God, he was going to complete what God wanted him to do, whether or not he was in prison or not. And so he says this. So I might preach the good news in its, in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. That's a lifelong project. All the Gentiles to hear. And so, you know, he, he, he leads a prison guard to Jesus. And the church at Philippi is founded. New thought. New question. If you had the ability to do something about what we all suffer from, which is loneliness, if you had the ability to do something about it, what would you do? And here's the second part. Then go do it. Be the change that you want to see in the world. I love it. Jesus said it this way. Do unto others as you would like them to do to you. Now, I saved what I think is the best in God's plan for loneliness for last. And here it is. Recognize that God is near. Now, I know we've all gone through periods of time when we have wondered whether God is near. But I tell you the truth that God is beside us when we are lonely. Look at this verse. Paul said this, but the Lord stood with me and gave me 
strength. Read this one with me too. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. We may not feel God's presence at a particular moment. But that does not mean that God is not near. The scripture says in another place, he will never leave us or forsake us. It says in another place that he doesn't sleep or slumber, that when we're sleeping at night, he's wide awake. And he doesn't take his eyes off us. Maybe, if anything, loneliness is a, a, a signal that we need to pray more so that we can connect with God. And so David, this same David that took out Goliath as a boy, now he's older and he's being chased and hunted by a jealous king named Saul. And much of the big, much of the book of Psalms is written when David was at this place. And I love it that he recorded his thoughts because they're powerful. This is what he said. This is what he said. I can never escape from your presence, from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. That's good stuff. I remember Christmas Eve eight or nine years ago. Uh, it was a typical Christmas Eve service for us. We closed out the service. I mean, don't you love when we close out with silent night and candle lighting? It's like kumbaya, baby. Jesus is here. And we were greeting each other, and I looked across the church, and I noticed a, a young man on this side of the church, and I remembered him because I'd known him since he was a little boy in my other church. And I got across the sanctuary, and he was already out the door, and I walked out the door and came up and just touched his arm. He turned around, I said, Hey, Dave, I said, how are you? And he said, Well, I've had better days. And he shared with me about some of the stuff that was going on in his life. And then he said these words to me. He's, I, said, I said, I want you to come back next Sunday. Would you come back next Sunday? And he said, I, I can't come back here, Rick. I don't belong here. He said, he said I'm, I'm a bad person right now in my life. And those people in that room are good. I said, then I blew you in. I said, no, they're not. <laughs> I said, they're liars. They are uh, adulterers. And they are addicts. <laughs> Okay, I overstepped that a little bit. But I said, Dave, we're all sinners, saved by grace, saved by mercy, and saved by God's love. And this is a place for you to belong and believe. Dave, I'm telling you right now, this can be your home. We greeted each other, and he walked alone to his car, got in, and drove away. I contacted him a couple times in the next couple weeks, but there was no response. He was this close to a solution for his loneliness, his brokenness, and whatever else he had going on in his life. And he walked away from that Christmas Eve night thinking 
that he was not good enough for God. This I mean, none of us are. In our own selves, none of us are. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. I believe he saw it that night. I believe he saw it in the service. And so if maybe, just maybe, there might be someone here that you've not committed to Jesus yet. Or maybe you committed to him, but you kind of drifted just a little bit. And so I would say to you today, reach out to Jesus. Receive his forgiveness. Begin to follow Jesus every day of your life. And he will never leave you alone or forsake you. So I don't know where you're at this Christmas. I pray that if you haven't, that you would make a decision to make Jesus your savior today. I don't know where you're at. But if you don't have a church that you can call home, this place could be your home. I pray if you've attended for a while and you're beginning to feel like a part, you know, feel a part of it, then there's a place for you to serve him in this place. So that's us. And I pray you take this step to be closer to Jesus. I pray that when you have those lonely moments when we all do in life, that you remember some of the things we talked about. But there's a bigger question, and Paul understood it when he was in prison. I mean, he didn't say it this way in the scripture he read, but he was always looking around going, who do we know that needs Jesus? Who do you know that needs Jesus? I know this about our our country, is that people go to church at Christmas and except they don't have a place and maybe an invite to watch online with you or to come in person to a worship service would change their destiny today only one life only one life it'll soon be passed Only what's done for Christ will last. So figure out your part. If you're today, if you're here and you're lonely, I pray that these words have soaked into your heart and you realize that you're not alone today. You're not alone today. Father, I thank you for these moments. I thank you for the time that we get to gather in this room with our spiritual family. I thank you to the ones that are listening online and joining us today. And I pray the same thing for them, that you would touch their heart in a deep, real way this Christmas season. And thank you for hope. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.